And I want to use this opportunity to welcome everyone that listens to us from all online portals that we have. Um, I know you're not here, but the same thing God is doing in this place, the Lord will replicate in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. I want to um, continue the series that we've been running since this month, Prospering by Divine Help. And we've looked at productivity, we've looked at marital success, and Pastor has looked at um, the last topic, yes, receiving help for parental success. So we're dealing with receiving help today for effective team working. Praise the Lord. Receiving help for effective team working. And I want to go to our test where we normally read in 3 John chapter 1, where there's no chapter, verse 2. 3 John verse 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. So one of the prosperity that God wants to establish in his church, one of the prosperity that God wants to establish in his people is the prosperity of team working. Advancement of team working. Advancement of an amalgamation of individual abilities and responsibilities to advance a common or unanimous course. And the Bible says, that the understanding that's resident within our soul is what will support that advancement. An understanding that we have individually, I define team working here. You might not find it anywhere else. I think the Holy Ghost just um, gave me this definition this morning. The team working is the amalgamation and integration of separate individual or corporate abilities towards a unanimous objective or common goal, enhancing team functions capabilities, and performances. I take it again. Team working or teamwork is the amalgamation and integration of separate individual or corporate abilities towards a unanimous objective or common goal, enhancing team functions, capabilities, and performances. Now, until we all come together with our individual abilities or competencies until we come together with our individual potentialities and put them together understanding what our contributions to a common goal is that's what the bible says that your prosperity is tied to the understanding of your soul the prosperity of a team is tied to the intellect of different individuals making up that particular team that's what the Bible says here. I pray that you may prosper in all things and let the team be in health. What would support the health of this team is understanding. For instance, in marriage, if the couple have no common understanding towards a particular goal, they would not enhance any objective. So they have to have an understanding and each of them would have an understanding of their contribution or input towards that particular goal then it means that the husband and the wife will understand what they're working towards and they will have an effective understanding of the common destination 
for them to make individual impute that are relevant or significant to where they are going. So that is why in a church, it's very paramount that every individual, every cell, every unit, every leader will understand the common destination of that particular ministry. Where they're heading towards. If not, the passion to support the work will not be there. Because understanding enhances passion. Uh, understanding fuels passion. Understanding will create a lot of opportunities that would help you to contribute maximally to a common objective or cause of a particular body or organization. That is why this church, you see, is an outreach ministry. And when this church is in, out, out, is, is, is in an outreach and you don't participate, it means that it's either there's no passion or there's no enhanced understanding of the common objective of the ministry. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse, verse 11. Bible says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Now, the Lord did not give everyone to become pastor. He didn't give everyone to become evangelist. He shared the responsibilities because there are innate gifts that are given or that are tied to each of these offices. These are spiritual offices. And when they amalgamate their abilities together and their spiritual gifts and their wisdom and spiritual understanding, the Bible says something will happen. The Bible says, the equip of 11 verse 12 said for the equipping of the sense for the work of the ministry meaning their individual impulse will support the weak in the church to be equipped it will support those who have not who have not attained to the level of understanding required to be equipped it would equip furthermore those that are already equipped the bible says for the defying of the body of christ Till we all come together. He said in verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. The Bible says to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now the Bible says, verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of man in the cunning craftiness of this in the cunning craftiness of the sinful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. From the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the defying of itself in love. Did you get verse 16? He said, from the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. By what every joint supplies. So there is, there's an impute required from every individual to advance a common goal. There is a responsibility. Now the Bible says here, According to the effective working, not just by, not, not a laxed working. The Bible says it has to be effective working. 
Effective input. Effective contribution. Effective understanding of responsibilities and assignments. It means for it to be effective, then we have personal responsibilities for development. Because if I have a team that are incompetent, then the objective or the outcome of whatever thing we are planted do will suffer. Why? Because individuals are not competent within their, you know, uh, separate disciplinary roles. They are not competent. So if the Bible required effective work in here, it means that every individual in any team, in any unit, in any cell, in any ministry has a responsibility laid on him or her for self or personal development, for capacity building. Even in our work, in our career, if you have a team to do a work and one or two is not responsive towards that, you see that the whole thing will suffer. No matter how much you know. No matter how much you know. When I did my master's, we used to do group assignments. And if we agreed to come together in so-so day or in a particular time scheduled in a week and one or two persons doesn't turn up, you find out that in the end we'll be struggling to produce a quality work. Because some individuals, or even if they all come, one or two persons is not just contributing, doesn't understand what we're talking about. The, you see, producing a qualitative work would also be a problem. So point one is that if the work must be effective, we have individual responsibilities for capacity development. For capacity building is very important. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now the place we read, the place we read in in 1 Chronicles chapter 9. Look at what the Bible said there. The responsibility was clear on who does what and what they're supposed to do. Look at um, 1 Chronicles chapter 9 and verse 23. The Bible says, So they and their children were in charge of the gates of the house of the Lord. People were in charge of the gates. Meaning that these guys would have been trained. Remember where Pastor read last Sunday? That he said, Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of children because they shall speak with the enemy at the gate. But brother, sister, if you have untrained children who does not understand how to combat with the enemies at the gate, the enemies will have a free entry into whatever business. So that man in disguise would not be said to have been blessed because his children are not trained. Now the Bible says here that this, this tribe and their children were in charge of the gates of the house of the Lord. We're in charge of the gates of the house of the Lord. And Brother Lani read this morning in Power Tower. He said, take the Lord seriously. Take God seriously. You read in Micah chapter 6, the particular verse there, if you read the message translation, verse 8, there, it says, at the end, it says, do not take yourself seriously, but take the Lord seriously. So if you take the Lord seriously, you will be awake even at the middle of the night just to develop yourself to add to the advancement of the kingdom. I can tell you something. 
Just like you train to become a lawyer. Just like you train to become a medical doctor. Just like you train to become a security personnel. You train. If you don't train in the kingdom, you, will, you have no value to, to add to the, kingdom, to the kingdom work or kingdom advancement. That's the truth. Don't think the Holy Ghost will do everything. No. The Holy Ghost will only be present when you are present with the word. If you are not present with the word, it's absent. Yes. Because training is required for you to be, be a value in the kingdom. The Bible says here, the Bible says that these guys were in charge of the gates of the house of the Lord. The house of the tabernacle by assignment. By assignment. The gates were assigned to, to the four directions. You see, the east, the west, the north, and the south. That were, if you, if you, if you, I don't know the Bible you use, but my Bible, that is a, a, a diagram that showcases the tribes that stays on the north, on the south, and, you know, four tribes on each of those places. You know, three tribes are there about. On each of those. Now, the Bible said these guys were in charge of those. Look at verse 26. Verse 26 says, For in this trusted office, in this trusted office, were four chief gatekeepers. Trusted office. So the offices will produce value that would shield Israel from the territorial invasion. The offices are trusted offices. Even in our career, if you're always in a team and you make no contribution, you are in an office, you make no contribution. There's nothing from you that's advancing that, 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 either the portfolio assigned or the organizational you know, goals. Nothing from you is coming to advance that. Your promotion might be retarded. Your relevance might soon be gone. And when relevance is no longer there, then the need to, to retain you will not be there anymore. Now the Bible says, these were trusted offices. Where four chief, there were chief, four chief gatekeepers. They were Levites and they had charge over the chambers and treasuries of the house of the Lord. Meaning, they were not just only trained physically, they were trained spiritually. The Bible said they were Levites. So they understood the process of offering oblation and worship to the Lord. They understood, you know, how to uh, offer prayers on the altar. They were Levites. So they were not just there keeping the gate physically. They were also there keeping the gate spiritually. Because these offices, the Bible says, were trusted offices. In verse 27, it says they lodged all around the house of God because they had the responsibility and they were in charge of opening it every morning. In charge of opening it every morning. In charge of opening it every morning. This is the team working of individuals. Coming together to advance a unanimous course. But again, beyond the individual teamwork, I want to bring this perspective of the Lord and how God 
victim works with the Godhead and also does a teamwork with us, an individual, to advance a certain course. Remember, when God wanted to make man in Genesis, he said, let us make man. So God himself also does a teamwork. He does a teamwork. And the Bible says there are three that bear witness in heaven. Three, not one, not two. Three that bear witness in heaven. First John chapter 5 and verse 6 or 7 there. The Bible says there are three that bear witness in heaven. Can we project it? First John chapter 5. First John chapter 5. There are three that bear witness in heaven. The Bible says the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. He said, these three are one. Verse 7. 1 John chapter 5, verse 7. He said, there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. He said, these three are one. Meaning that these three, they share, I want to tell you how teamwork can advance things. And even in the heavenlies, there are teamwork. If God can team work in heaven, then he leaves us with no option on earth as a church than to team work. Because, see, the Bible says it is the bride and the spirit that says come. The bride is the church. The spirit. So they must have something in sync or something that is relational. They must have something that is common. If the church has a different characteristic to the spirit, they cannot advance kingdom objective. It's impossible. The Bible says it is the church, the bride, and the spirit that says to the world, come. And the Bible says there are three in heaven that bears witness. The Bible says the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Meaning there has to be consistency in the characteristics that is born by each of them. There has to be unification or unity. Of quality, of behavior, of attitude, of perception, of vision, of glory, of power. There has to be unity. There has to be unity. The Bible says there are three that bear witness in heaven. He said these three are one. You see why Jesus was praying in John chapter 17 earnestly. He said that these ones might become one even as we are one. Because he knows if they are not one, it's impossible to fulfill. No matter the great commission of any ministry, if there's laxity in the individuals that are given to that ministry to advance the cause, that ministry will not fulfill its mandate. I'm telling you the gospel truth. I think I'm telling you exactly what the Holy Ghost wants me to tell you, not what I want to share. No matter the calling upon a ministry, no matter the presence of God in that ministry, if the individuals given to that ministry are not value-adding, that ministry will struggle to attend its fulfillment. You know one dangerous thing there? One dangerous thing there is that when you appear in heaven, if Jesus tarries, anytime you appear in heaven, there will be questions on your contributions on that body, in that body that you were part of. What did you do? What contribution did you make? What souls did you bring to the kingdom? What was your added value? 
You know, the Bible says we've come to the heavenly Jerusalem. We've come to innumerable covenant angels. The Bible also said that we've come to the judge of all. Not judge of unbelievers. Judge of everyone. Everybody inclusive. Because part of the people we join in heaven is the spirit of just men made perfect. So if you come there, do a believer with imperfection, it might be difficult for you to enter. Now the Bible says, there are also three in verse 8. The Bible says there are also three that bear witness on earth. The spirit, the water, and the blood. Now, in this case, he said these three agree as one. He didn't say these three are one. But he said these three agree as one. Meaning that their understanding, there must be a, a revelational knowledge of the kingdom things to be able to do, to pursue a common goal. They are not one, but they agree as one. That's the difference. That's the difference. Praise the Lord. That's what the Bible says. He that is joined to the Lord. He that is joined to the Lord has become one spirit with him. He that is joined to the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Is it verse 17 there? He said, he that is joined to the Lord has become one spirit. With him. I show you something that happened in the Old Testament. I show you something. I, show, I want to show you a teamwork. Can we go to um, Second Chronicles chapter 18? Second Chronicles chapter 18. Something happened there to tell you that God Himself does teamwork. To advance anything he wants to do on earth, he does him work. So if we as a church or in our different careers cannot do effective team working, just like the scripture mentioned in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, then it becomes difficult to achieve our goal. Second Chronicles chapter 18. The Bible says in verse 5, Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together. This is Ahab, the king of Israel, and Jehoshaphat, the king of Jerusalem at the time, the king of Judah at the time. Now the Bible says he wanted to go to war against the king of Syria. And he gathered the prophets, 400 men, and said to them, shall we go to war against Ramogiliad or shall I refrain? So they said, go up for God will deliver it into the, the king's hand. Verse 6, but Jehoshaphat said, is there not still a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of him? Because Jehoshaphat has the presence of the Lord. He understood a lot of things about God. And he fears and reverences God. So he sensed that these guys might not really be in sync with the spirit of God. He said, is there no prophet that is still remaining in the land? And that we may inquire of him. So the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, there is still one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord. He said, but I hate him. He said, but I hate him. You see? So when you're trying to do your best for the kingdom, don't actually look at people's opinion. In some cases, they might not be there to encourage you. 
In some cases, they might not be there to fuel your passion. Fuel it yourself. This man said, the king said, I hate him. Because he never prophesies good concerning me, but always evil. He is Micaiah, the son of Imla. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say such things. Then the king of Israel called one of his officers and said, bring Micaiah, the son of Imla, quickly. Look at what happened. Look at what happened. The Bible says, in verse 10, now Zedekiah, the son of Chenana, had made horns of iron for himself. This guy, horns here, means an elevation, an enthronement, a symbol of an elevated strength, a symbol of an elevated glory. So he has already elevated himself among all the hosts of the prophets and army of Israel. Now the Bible says, and said, thus says the Lord, he gave his own prophecy. With these you shall guard the Syrians until they are destroyed. Now, it's a long scripture. Let me run to where my emphasis is. The Bible says in verse, in verse 13. If you can read it on your own, um, 2 Chronicles 18, 5 until the end. To understand it very well. But I just want to pick the scriptures that I need. Verse 13 says, at this point, Micaiah has been fetched. He has arrived. And Chenana, Zedekiah tried to bribe him. He said, look at the prophecy that is, you know, being flaunted before the king. So say the same thing. Please don't go contrary. Don't say a different thing. Now Micaiah said, as the Lord lives, whatever my God says, that I will speak. Now then, he came to the king, verse 14, and the king said to him, Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? And he said, go and prosper, and they shall be delivered into your hand. Now, verse 15, so the king said to him, how many times shall I make you swear that you tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? He also sensed that I don't think he has said exactly what the Lord is telling him. Look at what happened in verse 16. Then he said, look at what he said. I saw Israel scattered on the mountains, a sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no masters. Let it return to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, did I not tell you that he would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil? Then Micaiah said, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. He said, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. And all the hosts of heaven standing on his right hand and on his left. He said, look at, the Lord was sitting on the throne. Now, all the hosts of heaven, the angels. The, you know, there are different kinds of angels in the heavens. If you read your Bible, you find out that when it's for message, Gabriel shows up. It's just instructive angel. When it's for war, it is Michael that shows up. It's not Gabriel. Gabriel is too gentle for war. These are angelic qualities. And that's what the Bible says. In the throne of God, there are, there, are, there are different beasts with different faces. This represents what the angelic characteristics are when they are despised to come to earth. You know, these are deep things in the, in, the, in the kingdom. Now, the Bible says something. The Bible says, He said, I see the Lord sitting on his throne and, on, and all the hosts of heaven standing on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will persuade Ahab, king of Israel, to go up? I want you to understand what is being played up here. This thing has been already done and sealed in heaven. You see why we have to have a qualitative relationship with the Lord. 
This man appeared. He is decoding what has been encoded in heaven. He is decoding why the false prophets are speaking the way they are speaking. He said, the Lord was seated there. And he said, who will persuade Ahab, king of Israel, to go up, that he may fall at Ramoth Gilead. So one spoke in this manner, and another spoke in that manner. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. The Lord said, in what way? You see, conversation. Now, doesn't the Lord have power to do it straight away? That's the question. Does the Lord have power to do it straight away? The, the, the angel said, I will go and persuade him. The Lord even asked him, how do you want to do it? What's the strategy? What is the structure? What do you think? And you know why? I want you to know. The Lord does not ignore the sense. Because this meeting is in response to the prophecy of Elijah. Elijah already told Ahab, you will fall and when you fall, dogs will eat your blood. Because you have taken the possession of, of Naboth and killed him as well. The same way dogs licked his blood is the same way your blood will be licked. And this thing has to happen. So God called all the angels and began to ask, we want this guy to go to Ramon Gilead. Who will persuade him? Teamwork. Teamwork. Say to your neighbor, teamwork. Say to the other neighbor, teamwork. Now look at what happened here. The Bible says, the Bible says, so he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. This is Micaiah still decoding what happened in heaven before the And the Lord said, you shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. Therefore, look. It's gone. Therefore, look. The Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of these prophets of yours. And the Lord has declared disaster against you. He said, the Lord has declared disaster. He said, disaster is against you. Now the Bible says, the one who was in the flesh, the one who has done nothing to improve himself spiritually, Zedekiah, the son of Chenana. Then Zedekiah and son of Chenana, the son of Chenana, went near and struck Micaiah on the cheek. He slapped the man of God. Remember the Bible says he made horns and enthroned himself above everybody. So the Bible says he went near and slapped or struck him on the cheek, that slap, and asked him, which way did the spirit from the Lord go from me to speak to you? And Micaiah said, Indeed, you shall see on that day when you go into an inner chamber to hide. And if you read down, you find out when they were all scattered, everybody started hiding. They almost killed Jehoshaphat because the king disguised himself. But Jehoshaphat, the Bible says in verse 31 that the Lord helped him and God diverted those guys that were chasing to kill him from him, the Lord. So you can see teamwork here. You can see how the Lord, who had power and glory to do everything, had to summon the angels to find out a way. So when we call or when pastor announces or when the church announces workers meeting, announces an event that the church has to do, everyone has a responsibility to turn up. Everyone has responsibility to support that thing to advance. Everyone has a responsibility. Everyone has a responsibility.
Did you see the teamwork was done in heaven? But Micaiah on earth was also part of it. Micaiah on earth helped to decode what was said in heaven. So anytime the ministry has an activity for the kingdom, it has been already established in heaven. And there's something God wants you to do to be part of that advancement. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, if you look again, I don't know, I, I don't have much time anymore. But if you look again in, in Joshua, chapter number 5, you find out again another teamwork. Now, this was happening on the earth. This was happening on the earth. I quickly run through this. I may not go through all the scriptures here, but I just quickly run through this and we close. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 5 and verse 13, and it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand and Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? Joshua has been tasked, tasked with the responsibility to take the children of Israel to Canaan land. And Jericho was on the way. Jericho had shot their route to Canaan. So Jericho had to go down if they must possess the land. If they must live in the land that flows with milk and honey, Jericho had to go down. But you see, the might of Joshua, the power of the entire Israel is not capable to bring down the walls of Jericho. That's what the Bible said. It's not by might. My might can try, but it does some things my might cannot accomplish. My power can make an attempt, but there's some things my power cannot accomplish. The Bible says, but when it is by the Spirit, then it becomes possible. Praise the Lord. Now the Bible says, Joshua, who had been encouraged by the Lord in chapter 1 to be courageous and do not fear. He saw a man that drew sword and he approached this man. And he asked him, are you for us or for adversary? In verse 14. So he said, no. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. As the commander of the army. You see, anytime you want to champion a cause that will add value or credibility to the kingdom, the kingdom backs it up. The kingdom does what? Backs it up. Anything you want to champion that has an anchor to advancing or to adding any inch of value to kingdom work on earth the kingdom deploys the host to back it up this man showed up the bible didn't say the bible didn't tell us and joshua prayed for angels to come he just showed up he said i am he said no but as commander of the army of the lord i have now come meaning that this angel was not just there alone because he's the commander of the host. In any combatant, you don't see, 
You don't see the leader alone. When he shows up, there are hosts. It's either they're hiding somewhere or they are with him physically, that you can see. He said, as the commander, no wonder. The Bible says, if you read down, you now see, look at what he told Joshua. Teamwork on earth. He has come to support this teamwork. Look at what he told Joshua as we close. Number one, he said, he said, and the Lord said to Joshua, this angel was speaking, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. Number one, have vision into what God has planned to do. Number two, have an understanding that is the same with the understanding of the Lord concerning sinking down this Jericho. Number three, have the same faith that God has when he wants to do a thing. He said to him, see, see first. He said, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. Jericho was still there. But as I've given Jericho into your hand, is king and the mighty men of valor in it. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And the seven, and the seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times. And the priest shall blow the trumpet. It shall come to pass in verse 5, chapter 6, when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout, if you watch. Number one, he said, you shall march around the city and all the men of war, not Joshua alone. Number two, he says, seven priests. This is not Joshua. This is, the angel is, is, is designing and defining responsibilities and roles to different individuals that will support that cause. The angel is de de designing these things and dividing the responsibilities. Then, when it comes to shout, he says it's the responsibility of all the people. I can't see everything I have here. When it comes to shout, he says, now, you've done your job, the men of war that have done their job, the ones that bear M have done their job, the priests have done their job. When it comes to shout, it will take all the people. Because if these ones that have specific roles do the shout, the war will not come down. Everyone must be together in one accord, in unity, in understanding to give that shout before the angels will sink the wall. I hope you know it was angels that sang that wall. It was not the shout. But the angels responded to the unity of the shout for the wall to collapse. That's what happened. Can we stand to our feet? Well,